Welcome to Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino, and I'm your host. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Fides is Latin for faith and truth, and that's what we do on this show is talk about truth and talk about faith. Uh, thanks for being here. Uh, the great song that you're hearing in the background is my friend Frank Camp. You could find him on Spotify. Great song. This song is called Heaven Can Wait. But thanks for being here, and let's get right to it. Okay, and welcome to another edition of Feed Ace Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino, and I am your host, and I'm here with talent on loan from Rush. And I have a, my guest here today is a, is a great writer, someone I discovered. And what piqued my interest was an article that actually he wrote over a year ago. Um, and it is the, the article is titled Karl Marx's Shameful, Shameful Life Repudiates His Evil Ideology. And my guest is Casey Chalk. Hey, Casey, how you doing? Hey, good, Jerry. Uh, thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, really good stuff, and and you write a lot more than 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 just this. We'll uh, we'll we'll get to that at the end because I think uh, people should be reading your stuff. You have a lot of really good stuff, uh, but this one in particular piqued my interest. There's so much talk today about socialism and communism, and and quite frankly, there's a lot of misinformation about it. Unfortunately, but um, and that's what made me want to kind of review uh, talk to you about this, but just going back to sort of the beginning, you know, what, what prompted you to write this article? Sure. Uh, so my article is based off of a recently published book uh, by Paul Kangor, who is a professor, I believe at uh, Grove city. I think he's a convert uh, to Catholicism uh, from Presbyterianism like myself. Uh, the name of that book is the devil and Karl Marx. Uh, and one of the things that stood out to me uh, from reading that book last year was the blatant disconnect between his ideology and uh, his personal life. We're talking about Marx, um, not Paul. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I think a lot of uh, conservatives typically have some talking points they can muster to refute various aspects of Marxist economic or political ideology, mm -hmm. but per perhaps they're less familiar with the life story and hypocrisies of Marx himself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you read your article, you'll find all that. And we'll talk about it here um, as we go through this. But so in was the book itself, uh, uh, Paul Kangor's book itself that kind of educated you about it and then prompted you to write it or, you know, so how much, in other words, how much about Karl Marx did you already know? Uh, because I mean, I, I know a decent amount, but I knew virtually nothing that you wrote about. Yeah, I was also... <clears throat> Uh, like you, I was pretty ignorant in regards to the particulars on Karl Marx's life, but I knew mm -hmm. a fair bit about his ideology. My first uh, two degrees from the University of Virginia are in uh, history, and then I have a master's in social studies education. And I actually taught uh, AP European history and world history uh, in Virginia, where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, and then I <clears throat> also have a degree in theology from uh, Christendom College. Uh, and one of the classes we took was in philosophy on philosophical errors. So, of course, we spent a lot of time looking at Marx because uh, his influence is so prolific, um, of course, in Europe um, with the history of the Cold War and whatnot in China, but uh, even in the United States and academia. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about his early life. So, you know, that's really what what your article is about is is not so much per se his his ideology of you know that he wrote about in the communist manifesto and and what he preached it's really about his life and yes there is a lot of hypocrisy so so you know his early life his parents and let, let's maybe focus on his parents and his wife um, what, what did you learn about his relationship with both of them 
Sure. Uh, so Marx was born into an intellectual and liberal bourgeois family in Germany in the 19th century. Uh, his family ancestry was Jewish on both sides, uh, but his father Heinrich converted to Lutheris Lutheranism, uh, probably less so for theological reasons than social ones. Mm -hmm. um, th th you know, this was a time of in increasing anti-Semitism in Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but Heinrich was an avid reader of anti-Christian writers like Voltaire and Rousseau, uh, you know, who were kind of preaching uh, the a radicalism. Uh, in the 18th and uh, 19th centuries. So uh, Marx went uh, to be a student uh, as, his, as his father desired, but squandered his parents' money while he was in school. Uh, he would remain silent for months at a time. Uh, maybe that doesn't sound necessarily all that <laughs> different from a lot of college students. Yeah. Um, but even when his parents were ill, he was, uh, you know, he was a, he was a pretty um, disinterested son. When he did write, he was asking for more money when his father Heinrich died, Carl didn't even attend the funeral because uh, he had other things to do, as one biographer has noted. Mm -hmm. uh, so in terms of uh, Carl as husband and father, he was pretty terrible. The year after Communist Manifesto was published uh, around 18, 1850, 1848, I think, uh, Marx's landlord evicted him and his family, and they had to take refuge in a boarding house where one of Marx's infant children died. Uh, and at, I think around that time or shortly thereafter, his wife told him that she wished that she and the children were dead. Mm -hmm. So Marx's family life was a, a disaster. Four of his six children died before he did. The other two, who were both daughters, eventually committed suicide. Uh, and Marx didn't even attend his own wife's funeral when she also died. Yeah. You know, so w what's interesting is uh, you know, obviously his life was pretty rough and and, you know, certain that your intention and no one's intention is to, you know, sort of make fun of that by any stretch. It's just to kind of show what, what I got from reading your article was that here was this guy that was that was poor and struggled all his life. And there's no indication that it was anyone's fault but his own. Is that what you saw? Yeah, that's exactly right. So his entire adult life was financed by handouts, first from his father and then his mother, right? So he had plenty of money that he could have pursued any number of professions, especially with his academic background and have provided for his family. But he had this uh, utopian vision uh, for, you know, what he was going to contribute to, uh, you know, to socialism and communism. Um, so yeah, even after he got married in 1843, he was, he remained dependent on his mother to finance his entire intellectual career. Uh, he drained his parents' savings so that uh, he went nearly 20 years without visiting his mother. Um, and when he finally did see her, it was still for money. So, yeah, I would say this is largely his problems were largely of his own doing. Yeah, for sure. And what I did find interesting that you point out in your article is that, uh, you know, he inherited money. It uh, wasn't a, a ton, but he and he fought to get the inheritance, um, if I remember correctly. But in in the Communist Manifesto, point number three is the, the desire to abolish inheritance, right? The right of inheritance to people. But yet here was him, he sticking out his hand looking for an inheritance. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, there's, a, there's a great irony and hypocrisy um, that runs, well, certainly in that example, but in a lot of the examples of Marx's life. Yeah. So you had mentioned uh, you had mentioned Marx was uh, was Jewish on both sides of his family. His father converted. Uh, but was he racist? Did he have some racist tendencies, specifically anti-Semitism? Oh, yes. Um, yeah, he was definitely anti-Semitic. So uh, one biographer notes that Marx's correspondence is filled with contemptuous remarks about Jews, 
Uh, Mark said uh, that the worldly cult of the Jew was haggling, that the Jew's worldly God was money, So, which parrots a lot of the stuff that um, I think was, was uh, common in the intellectual waters in Germany at the time uh, that he was in school. Uh, Marx also spoke in racist and condescending manners towards blacks. He referred to one as a gorilla. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's kind of, there, there's an irony there too, in that a lot of people that I think hold him up as a, uh, uh, as an idol, um, yeah. and, uh, and an emblem to be followed, uh, that, yeah, he would, he would look at them askance. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's, it's really sad that so many of these, these people that are admired by those on the left, when you, when you truly look at who they are in their lives, they're really despicable people. Um, it, it actually, what's funny is his, his hypocrisy reminds me of so many of the people on the left today in regards to the issues they push. Right. So when I was reading your article, my, I was immediately going, you know, to those college students who are at these huge universities demanding other people pay for, you know, pay their student loans and their parents are paying a lot of their, their costs. Right. And, um, and they're angry at this country, but here they are at this huge university that they chose to go to. Um, but what stuck out to me even more was the, is the similarities between the hypocrisy with the, you know, the climate change and global warming people, right? They're the ones preaching about that stuff, yet flying around in a private jet and four houses and things like that. <laughs> I mean, what is it? I mean, maybe this is just an off, off comment to you, just based on your own thoughts. What is it about the left and being such huge hypocrites? Well, I think to some degree, we're all hypocrites because we're all sinners and it's a fallen world. And we have, certainly as Catholics, we have a very high standard that none of us can love, live up to. And that's why we have to go to confession. I think perhaps one thing that differentiates Catholics and certainly uh, conservative Catholics from people on the left is that those on the left really do believe that the human person and human nature can be perfected and human society can be perfected without recourse to divine grace um, to God's intervention, they believe that this is something that they can do on their own, right? So then you you have a much higher and inflated view of self when you believe that solely uh, humanist, positivist types of um, intellectual um, criteria will get you to the end goal of that that utopian vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so it, it finally, in your article, you you uh, talk about, uh, you sort of compare the life of Karl Marx with the life of Jesus and, you know, the, con the, the, how, how contradictory, obviously they are. Uh, explain that to, uh, to the, to my listeners, uh, because it's hopefully a, be become apparent on its own, how different they are. Yeah. So, you know, Marx is honored and panegyrized as the founder of an economic and political system that aimed at freeing the oppressive masses from their social and economic bondage. But Marx didn't know really any members of the working class, except for a woman who came to take care of his kids, whom he, you know, uh, actually like cheated on. Mm -hmm. uh, he, cheated, he cheated on his wife with this woman and had a child mm -hmm. um, that was not revealed until he died that, that the child was his. Um, so in those people that he did know uh, from the lower classes, he derided and exploited like this uh, woman that uh, was a servant in his house. So he's the case definition of a hypocrite and a, really a charlatan. Um, and when you contrast the life of Marx to another man whose ideology has claimed billions of followers, the differences are dramatic and become very clear, right? So Jesus of Nazareth is also a man, uh, well, he's a man who, who's born into poverty, but he's devoted to his parents. Indeed, uh, as he's dying on the cross, he makes sure that his mother Mary is cared for, right? We see that in the Gospel of John. Like, uh, like Marx, 
you know, he, he was a man who was impoverished for most of his life, but he gave of himself even in that poverty uh, so that thousands of people are following him through during the uh, three years of his ministry. So Jesus exhibits this love and compassion for the poorest and most disenfranchised people of his generation, while Marx is kind of like standing far off uh, in this bookish manner, you know, locked away in his room writing Das Kapital while his own family starves. Mm-hmm. So in, in a word, Jesus is everything that Marx is not. More than 100 people are dead because of trying to implement Marxist ideology in the 20th and 21st century. How many people have been murdered for following Christ's teaching? Right. Right. So that's where you see the difference. Yeah. A hundred million. You you said a hundred. I think you meant a hundred million of killed in the name of Marx. And um, and the people killed in the name of Jesus were people who would be martyrs. Right. People who were doing it. So um, to protect their religion and and uh, their, their, their freedom to worship. Um, really good stuff. I mean, it was really a great article. I, I would highly recommend. I mean, I know we covered a lot of it here and anyone listening is going to get the gist of it, but I, it's definitely well worth the read and it's well worth um, a lot of your other stuff. I, I, again, specifically chose this article and said, oh, we got to talk about this. But obviously I looked at, and you have a lot of really great writing. So where, where can people find you and, and look at your, your read your articles and read the new ones as they come out. Sure. Thanks. Yeah. It's very kind of you to say. Um, so I'm, I'm on the editorial board of new Oxford review, which is a Catholic publication that's still trying to do um, the print world in the 21st century, which I think is really honorable. So I'm a columnist there. I write a column every other issue. I'm also a senior contributor at the federalist and the American conservative. And I write for a bunch of other conservative and Catholic publications like crisis Catholic world report, the Catholic thing, Abbeville Institute. There's a long list, but that's gives you a flavor for the places where I'm publishing. Awesome. Um, where would be a, a, maybe a good place where people can like a central place. Do you have a webpage? You, um, I think I saw you on, on Facebook, I believe, or maybe what would be a way? Cause you have, you write for a lot of places, um, just a central place for people to find you. Yeah, sure. So I do have a website, caseychalk.com. Um, I just started uh, writing a blog there. I haven't been able to invest as much energy in that as I would like, but you can uh, go to that website and also uh, subscribe uh, so that you can you know, get updates from me on my content. Yeah, awesome. Again, really, really good stuff. I'd highly encourage anyone listening to to check them out. We're uh, uh, the good journalism, good writing is few and far between, but we're finding them and we're we're touting them because uh, the mainstream stuff you can't trust and uh, is, is not legit anyway. So Casey's stuff is really great. I highly recommend it. So go to Casey Chalk and that's Casey, C-A-S-E-Y-C-H-A-L-K.com. And uh, you can find him all over the place. I found a lot of your stuff on the Federalist. Uh, that was a pretty uh, quick place to find. So, Hey, Casey, thanks a ton, man. This was really, really great. I enjoyed talking with you and I'd, uh, I'd love to have you back on another time. Cause I, I have a feeling that you'll continue to be writing really great stuff that, uh, that I, we'd love to talk about. My pleasure, Jerry. Thanks so much for having me. And yeah, God willing, we'll keep pushing the stuff out. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you. And, uh, thank all of you, uh, for listening today. I appreciate it. Uh, I was here with uh, Casey Chalk, a great writer. We were talking about Karl Marx in uh, his hypocrisy that in, in the life that he lived. Uh, it was a great conversation. So uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.